Welcome into Turf Show Times, the podcast. It's a last-minute thoughts edition where we break down everything you need to know 24 hours ahead of the Rams game, whether that's injuries or matchups. And with me for the first time ever is Blaine Grisak, who recently joined Turf Show Times just ahead of the 2022 season, and we're looking forward to having him. Blaine, uh, how long have you been following the Rams? And I know you've been writing about them for quite some time, but tell us a little about yourself, please. No, I'm happy to be on the show. Thanks, thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, I've been following Rams since probably um, the 1999 season. Just um, was six years old, and they were fun to watch at the time, obviously. So uh, became a fan, and then and been with them ever since. That's awesome, man. So, anything? Let's put a quick cap on this tough loss to the Bills, right? And if you had one word to describe that Thursday night game, uh, what comes to mind first? Um, I think just kind of a, a lack of urgency. Uh, kind of just felt like the Rams last week were a little um, just disjointed. I guess would be the, the best way to put it. They, um, especially in, the, in that they they just were not 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 in rhythm on offense. Especially in that in that in that second half, they just couldn't get anything going. Um, kind of luckily tied things up there before before the second half started. But just it never felt the offense really fully got into a rhythm, and then. Um, just you know, in, in in the fourth quarter when they had a chance to maybe maybe stage a comeback or something, you had drop passes, just players missing assignments. It's just um, yeah, every, everything just kind of looked looked disjointed, and hopefully they can they can get back on track this week against against Falcons. That's fair. I think just especially on the offensive side, what was the Rams' plan? You know, it's maybe they're trying to push the ball down the field and found themselves you know looking at seven defenders in coverage on a consistent basis. So I think. That was just really concerning when, you know, Josh Allen obviously had a plan. He was looking to get the ball out quick and, uh, you know, use that quick game to you know, stress the Rams defense. But you didn't really see the same plan from Matthew Stafford. And I think, you know, that's not going to be the case in every week. There's, you know, 16 more games and the Rams will figure it out, of course. But what lingering concerns from the Bills game do you think kind of carry into this matchup against the Falcons? Um, I think it's the interior offensive line. I mean, uh, we'll we'll talk about it later when we get to injuries and stuff. But you you have um, Brian Allen out for the next two to four weeks, and so you have you have Coleman Shelton moving over to center because the Rams don't have any center depth. They don't have any way they can just slot into center. So you're having to take Coleman Shelton, who was playing right guard last week, move him over to center, and you're having to take Tremaine Ankrum, who's never started a game at right guard, and honestly, in the preseason, he's only ever played twenty snaps at right guard ever in, at the NFL level, and that was, only, like I said, only in the preseason. So you have two brand-new faces on, on on the interior offensive line, and, I mean, like we've seen with really every quarterback, if you can collapse that pocket, if you can collapse that pocket early, um, bad, bad things can happen. Yeah, that's fair. And really, I know Joseph Nobum received his fair share of flack this week, but David Edwards probably was the worst offensive lineman in terms of pass protection in week one against the Bills. So he's been an up and down player over the course of his career with the Rams. And uh, I think you can definitely expect him to rebound moving forward, but uh, we'll see what happens. And you, know, you mentioned injuries, so let's get into it. Uh, Brian Allen, he has a knee injury. He's going to be out the next two to four games. As you mentioned, Coleman Shelton slides inside to center. They have Jeremiah Cologne, who they elevated from the practice squad. He was decent. You know, he was solid in the preseason, but maybe not someone you expect to slot right in for the regular season immediately. So Jermaine Ingram is the next man up at right guard. Joseph Nobum dealing with his own injury, a knee sprain, but uh, Sean McVay expects him to play on Sunday. And another notable injury to a starter on the other side of the football on defense 
is Leonard Floyd, questionable with a knee injury. Suffered in practice, gave everyone kind of a scare. Um, but, you know, he's maybe dealing with some swelling, but it's 50-50 whether he's going to play in this game. Blaine, do you have any thoughts on whether he goes either way? Um, if I had to guess, Floyd will probably play. Um, it, 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 it'll, it'll be a game-time decision, but um, – from 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 what I saw from Mate yesterday, it, it sounds like it, he should be more on the side of of, of playing than 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 sitting. But I I, I guess we'll see. That, that 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 that's a that's a big one because the Rams don't have a lot of depth at at edge rusher. I mean, it'll be up to Trell Lewis or Justin Hollis really step up there. So they need Floyd to Floyd to play in this one, especially you know Owen to start wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't be good. And um, Floyd does a really good job against the run and Falcons. That's Arthur Smith does a great job in designing designing run schemes. So they they they, re, they really need Floyd this week. Yeah, and the Rams they have four edge rushers on the roster. You know, we talk about Justin Hollins and Terrell Lewis rotating on the side opposite Floyd. So the guy behind Leonard Floyd is apparently, if anyone's guess, is Keir Thomas, an undrafted rookie. So you wonder if he's ready to make an appearance in the regular season. They also have Benton Whitley on the practice squad who flashed some athleticism during the preseason, but um, he might be a, a game day call up from the practice squad, but you know if Keir Thomas isn't ready, you would probably assume that Benton Whitley isn't either. And Hollins and uh, Lewis, they can't play the entire game if Floyd's out. So definitely something to watch. It's probably a cause for concern. The Rams, you know, were in talks possibly <clears throat> in terms of just you know the rumor mill of needing to acquire an edge rusher at the trade deadline anyway. So this maybe only uh, highlights that lack of depth and made the lack of premier talent opposite Leonard Floyd too. So the Falcons on the other hand are extremely healthy. Their only player on the injury risk list is Damian Williams, the running back. He's been ruled out with a rib injury. And other than that, they have a relatively clean bill of health. So uh, it's good news for them. And anytime you're, you have that at this point in the regular season, it really uh, brings encouragement for the rest of the, of the year. So let's get into some matchups with the Rams on offense. I think the first one that comes to mind, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it, is Cooper Cup versus what was the second highest graded corner in terms of PFF grade behind the Rams' Jalen Ramsey. That's A.J. Terrell. Blaine, do you think Terrell has any chance of slowing down Cooper Cup, or is he just consistent and he's going to be good for 150 yards every week? Um, like you said, I, I think, you know, when people look at look at this Falcons team, they, they – the, the, the Falcons haven't been good, and therefore, you know, you, you have players that kind of slide under the radar in, in, in the national spotlight. And I think A.J. Terrell is one of those players. I mean, he was a second-team All-Pro last season. Um, but he, he doesn't normally shadow players, but he, he, he has started, but it's not something that he normally does. Um, still, I, I, I think Stafford needs to find Al Robinson in, 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 in the pass game. Um, you know, last week, Rams really struggled to find that second option, and um, Cup when he goes up against Charles is going, is going to be a really good matchup to watch. They're two really good players. Um, but as as Cup has shown over the last year and a half or so now that if you put anybody on him and he's he's you can only hope to really slow him down. You're not going to completely stop him. Sure. So let's let's maybe just lean into it a little bit and say Terrell Lewis erases Cooper Cup from the game. You think Allen Robinson's in for a big day? What receivers, maybe it's Ben Skronik or Tusco Atwell, who really stands out behind as, you know, the third or fourth guy that can make an impact on this game to you? Um, yeah, that's really tough because, you know, last week it just, it just didn't happen. I think just just given his experience, I think you have to go with Ben Skronik. 
Um, just just has, has has more experience in the offense, given how much he played last year. Um, hopefully, you know, I I love Tutu Atwell. I know um, he's not really favored a lot by the by the fan base by any, by any means, but I would love to see him get involved. Whether it's you know in the um, in the short passing game, you know, maybe take a deep shot to him where he where he really excels. Um, get him involved in the run game a little bit. But as far as just a consistent third threat. Um, in the passing game, I, I think that just has to be Skronik, just given his experience in the offense over the last year. Yeah, very good point. And offensive coordinator Liam Cohen talked this week about how the Rams had a, a solid plan for Atwell heading into that first game against the Bills. But um, as we talked about earlier, didn't really seem that the Rams really had much plan once the game started. And uh, Cohen talked about how the Rams need to expand Atwell's route tree so they can get him in, involved in more intermediate routes. And he's not just a singular deep threat, um, but, you know, that. Singular deep threat is also important for taking the cap off the defense, and he's going to have a role to open up things underneath, whether it's Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, and maybe eventually Van Jefferson when he's recovered from injury and back with the team. So um, it was a rough day in week one for the Rams running backs. Daryl Henderson, much to everyone's surprise, was really the primary starter. Cam Akers had zero yards on three rush attempts. Blaine, how do you expect this running back group to work out moving forward? Um, you know, at least for this week, I think you see more Drell Henderson, but I, I also think you see more than three carries from Cam Akers. I think, you know, last week, um, everyone was surprised when Cam Akers only got three carries. I think this is going to be more of a 50-50, maybe 60-40 split, um, either way, just depending on, just depending on who's hot for that game. Um, and really, you, you really hope that these running backs can get, can get going this week. Um, the Falcons run D ranked 32nd in DVOA last week and, thir- and, la- and also last in EPA per play against the run. So you really hope that, that this group can get going because if they can't this week, it's um, it could be a long season in, 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 in the run game. And as, as we, as we all know, you know, a, a solid run game really helps out the offense. And if Matthew Stafford is just having to drop back, drop back and throw every play because you can't get anything going on the run game, it, it, it can make things really difficult. So hopefully they can get it going this week, but I, I expect more of a, maybe more of a, a 50-50 split in terms of the, in terms of the carries. Right. Just because I think this is a big difference from the Jared Goff, the Matthew Stafford eras, just because Matthew Stafford can do all these different things and, you know, he can be so great above the neck and deep and evaluate defenses after the snap to get the ball where it needs to go. Doesn't mean you'd have to make his job hard, right? Like why not make his job as easy as possible and then utilize that above the neck items and his unique skill set as, you know, icing on top of the cake. So sometimes I think Sean McVay asks a little bit too much of Matthew Stafford, but you know, that's why he makes $40 million a year. Right. So uh, exactly. definitely it's probably fair of him to ask of that. So, and then, you know, we talked about the interior offensive line, but maybe this defense for the Atlanta Falcons, you know, they were one of the worst pass rushing teams a year ago. Um, they come in with a little bit better, uh, defense this year. Grady Jarrett, of course, is always good on the interior. And then they add in Arnold Ebiketti pretty high in the draft. He was a second-round draft pick. Do you think this Falcons defense can get after Matthew Stafford, or do that not really have the tools to maybe expose some weaknesses on the Rams' offensive line? Yeah, I mean, I, I, as a unit, I think they've gotten better better, um, better than than they were last year. Um, I mean, they, they they sacked James Winston, I think, four times last week. You mentioned Grady Jarrett. He had the fifth most pressures among defensive linemen last week. Had a, had one and a half sacks. Um, yeah, I, I think this Falcons defense is better than, like I said, I think it's better than it's better than it was last year. I think they're better than what um, what, what people think they're going to be. Um, they're they're a little bit of an underrated unit, and 
Uh, I mean, Grady Jarrett's one of the best defensive linemen in, in, in the NFL. He's, he's a very underrated player, and he has that ability to really blow up a game. So he's, he's someone that the Rams are going to have to um, account for on, on on every play. So, you know, the Rams play, play a lot in empty. They, 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 they love the draw back game. And it's hard to do when you don't have protection. And that Rams off, interior offensive line this week is really vulnerable just because of the injuries. So um, that kind of opens things up for Grady Jarrett. So is it, the Rams are really going to have to game plan around him. Sure. And, you know, replacing a Hall of Fame talent in Andrew Whitworth, it's tough. But how would you evaluate your confidence in Joseph Nopum at this point, you know, entering his first full year as a full-time starter for the Rams? Um, I'm, I, I, I have full confidence in him. Um, I, I don't think last week was a full represent, representation of, of who he is as a player. I, I, I there are I, I don't know if, you've, if, if I've ever seen a player come out as motivated and as on a mission as Vaughn Miller was last week, uh, you would have thought that the Rams completely disre- disrespected Vaughn Miller, completely lowballed him in contract talks. Just the just the way that he came out. I mean, he, he, he was he, he was a man on a mission. When you have a, a, a guy like Vaughn Miller with with that with an all time talent like that, um, it's going to be tough for anybody anybody to stop him. So, um, I mean, you look back at what. Joe Nopum did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year in the in the NFC Divisional Playoff game. He was rock solid. So I would expect more of that moving forward. Um, we'll, we'll 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 see now that he's a full time left tackle um, if he can become more become more consistent. But um, yeah, I I I I, 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 have, I have confidence in what Nopum can do at left tackle. That's fair. And I always thought he was pretty good in the screen game, and he has the athleticism to get down the field. So. Whenever he's been in for Andrew Whitworth in previous years, I think he really flashes in that regard. So the entire Rams left side of the offensive line had issues. And that's the side that coincidentally Von Miller and Jordan Phillips were on and they wrecked shop all night. And, you know, Coleman Shelton, Rob Havenstein were really the two best offensive linemen for the Rams. And, you know, now Shelton slides inside Tremaine Ingram. He's a, he's a big unknown, a major question mark, but um, he's really impressed the Rams throughout the preseason and previous years. And, Hopefully he can continue to, you know, develop and make a mark on this Rams team moving forward. So let's go to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about the Rams defense and slowing down this offense. To me, it all starts with Arthur Smith. Like you said, this guy is a master designer in the run game. He's going to hit you with some unique looks on the ground. And he's going to hit you with play action and counters off of that. So you really got to be ready for everything. Uh, Just because you've seen a look before. He's going to give you a little bit – he's going to put a little bit different spin on it and stress you in different ways, whether that's putting a route behind you and throwing the ball over your head or, um, you know, running a counter and make, getting you to move a step in the wrong direction and then taking it the other way. So, Blaine, what do you think of this Falcons offense? I think they can really stress this Rams defense. I know the Rams have struggled with these ball control teams. Is that something we have to worry about here with the Falcons? Um, yeah, yeah. The, the Rams are going to have to play really disciplined on defense. Um the Falcons, they rushed for 200 yards last week against the Saints. And I think as we've seen with the Saints defense over the last couple of years, that's a really good, a really good, good group. So to, to put up 200 yards rushing as that unit is very impressive. Um, prior to the fourth quarter, the Falcons run game ranked sixth in EPA per play, finished week eighth in DVOA um, in run offense. Um, so yeah, the, the Rams are they're gonna play really disciplined. Ashawn Robinson and Justin Hollins finished inside the top ten last week in run stop win rate, so that's a good sign. Um, yeah, so so it's in um, the Rams the Rams brought in someone like Bobby Wagner for a reason. So I, I think he really helps out in this game. You'll 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 see. I think him make make some more check calls and and really 
really get the defense in position to make things more difficult on the on on the Falcons when they when they are trying to trying to run the ball or trying to you know run 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 play run play action um, and get and get guys out of position. So it certainly is going to be something to, to watch. And like I said, yeah, the, this Rams defense are going to play really disciplined, play in and play out. Yeah, Bobby Wagner looked physically imposing in that defense last week. So just a big departure from what the Rams have had in the past and really exciting to see, you know, that was just his first game. There's room for improvement. There's room he's going to gain comfortability as well. So when we talk about the ground game, let's get into some of these Falcons pass catchers and their weapons on offense. Kyle Pitts, a very high draft pick a year ago. He's entering his second year. And really, they played the Saints last week, the Falcons did. And New Orleans threw everything in the kitchen sink. It had slowing him down. And, you know, this year, the Ram, or the Falcons drafted Drake London, a 6-4 big target at a USC. And if you allocate too many resources to stopping pits, you know, London can make you pay too. So how do you slow down this uh, Falcons passing attack? Mariota, he can be a point guard. He can distribute the football. He's not going to make a lot of bad mistakes. And, um, yeah, what do you think of this Falcons passing attack? Yeah, this is something that I'm actually really interested in watching this week. Um, you know, over the last last year with with um with, with Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, the Rams really put um Jalen Ramsey in the slot a lot in in that quote unquote star position. Um, so do the Rams put Jalen Ramsey there and have him shadow pits all game long and take away their their best their best pass catcher, much like the Saints did last week. Or, you know, the Rams are playing a lot more two linebacker sets this year now that they have um, Bobby Wagner and Ernest Jones. So, you know, do, do we see one of them covering Kyle Pitts? Uh, as far as, you know, who's, who's covering London, you know, Troy Hill played pretty well last week, I thought. Um, he, had, he had the interception. So do you trust him and put him on Drake London? And then, you know, do you kind of go back and forth with, with – you know, maybe putting Ramsey on London here and there, but but mostly focusing Ramsey on Pitts. And then, you know, when if Ramsey goes on London, you know, put put a linebacker on Pitts. It, it's it's going to be interesting interesting to watch and something that I'm uh, a matchup that yeah, you know, had Ramsey shut down Kyle Pitts because he's one of the most physical, imposing tight ends in the league. Yeah, and I think this might be a Robert Rochelle type of game because you know if Ramsey's on Pitts for most of the game. Someone has to cover Drake London, Rochelle's 6-2. The rest of the Rams defensive backs are a little undersized, you know. Uh, Troy Hill, Jacoby Durant, David Long, they're on the shorter side of the spectrum. So um, I think this is a game for Robert Rochelle. He also has the athleticism to hang with someone like London and Pitts. So um, he didn't get much playing time last week, if, if any, on defense. And uh, maybe he's going to play in certain situations and when the game plan favors it. And I think it's this is a good opportunity to insert him in the lineup this week against the Falcons. So. How do the Rams get after Marcus Mariota in terms of rushing the passer? I know we talked about Leonard Floyd being out, but who, what are your thoughts on who, who's, uh, who you know, separated themselves out of Justin Hollins and Terrell Lewis in week one? Did he, either one of them were one better than the other in terms of rushing the passer? Um, as far as just like a pure pass from a pure pass rushing standpoint, I think you have to look at Terrell Lewis, uh, just, just what he can do. He has all the physical tools. He's just over the last couple of years, obviously he just, he hasn't been, he, he hasn't been healthy, and that was kind of his, his concern coming out of the draft, and it's been his concern over his last few years with over his last few years with the Rams. And and this Falcons offensive line, they're they're a lot better than 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 advertised. They, they were fourth in pass block win rate last week, and Mariota Mariota wasn't sacked a single time. Um, these edge rushers are going going to have to play discipline because Mariota he will tuck and run it and pick up pick up yards with his legs. So, um, like you said 
earlier on the show, you know, the Rams were rumored to maybe be in, in talks for trading for an edge rusher. And a game like this, when Leonard Floyd isn't fully healthy, is maybe why is maybe a, a good reason why they eventually do it. Um, but yeah, I, as far as from a pure pass rush standpoint, I think this is a big game where Terrell Lewis is going to have to step up. Yeah, and the Saints aren't slouches on defense, that's for sure. They're one of the um, more talented rosters in the NFL, maybe aside from the quarterback position. So if Marcus Mariota is only under pressure 10% of the time. And Kenneth Arthur and I talked earlier this week during the midweek podcast that, you know, Mariota was second in terms of pass attempts on RPO plays behind only Jalen Hurts. So that's a great way to protect your offensive line, even though the Falcons have poured a lot of resources into the offensive line in recent years in terms of draft capital and salary cap. So they really should be getting a lot of production out of this unit and they're doing things to help them out. Um, you're going to see Marcus Mariota get the ball out quick, but you know, he had over eight yards of intended air yards per attempt in the passing game last week too. So maybe being hyper conservative has held him back in the past, but maybe he's, he's with his former offensive coordinator and Arthur Smith and maybe stepping outside that comfort zone a little bit and has the weapons, these big targets that he can get after down the field. So it's going to be interesting. It, it's not going to be an easy test for the Rams, but um, I think most people still probably favor the Rams. Blaine, what could go wrong for Los Angeles in this game? How do you, it's just because, you know, it's not easy, or I don't think it's very interesting for us to both pick the Rams in this game. Um, tell us how it could go wrong for LA. Yeah, I think, I think first off, it kind of starts with Cordero, Pat, Cordero, Pat, Cordero Patterson. You know, the Rams are going to have to contain him. Uh, and keep him under wraps. Um, I, I don't obviously the Falcons aren't the Bills, but I think kind of um, they have some 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 similar strengths, I guess, as far as you know, like Josh Allen, Marcus Mariota, Will Tuck it around and, and, and use his legs. Um, last week the Rams gave up eight carries for 48 yards to Devin Singletary for an average of six yards per carry. Cordell Cordell Patterson is is one of the more, I think, dynamic running backs in the league just because of what he can do as a pass catcher as well. Like he's just he's a he's a complete offensive weapon, and how the Falcons use him and how Arthur Smith gets him involved is, is very creative. And so if the Rams struggle to stop Patterson in the run game, it, it could be a long day on defense. And then, I, I, like we discussed earlier, if the interior offensive line struggles to stop Grady Jarrett, he can blow up a game. I mean, we, we saw – um, even last season against the Tennessee Titans, we saw Jeffrey Simmons just completely blow up that blow up blow up that game and the Rams game plan on offense and just how much um, how much it affects what the Rams are able to do on offense. And I think Grady Jarrett is able to do that as well. And so if, if they can't stop the run game and then they struggle they struggle to stop Jarrett and and um, Matthew Stafford is under duress much like he was last week. Um, I, I think that's where things just start to derail. Yeah, I, I believe there's a, skip, a script to beating the Rams. There's probably only a handful of teams that can utilize that script and get the job done, whether that's the Buffalo Bills, the San Francisco 49ers. You mentioned the Tennessee Titans, but if you play ball control and you limit the Rams' offensive effectiveness early in the game and you effectively play keep away for them for some time, it really prevents them from getting in a real rhythm on offense, and it just frustrates the heck out of them. They look they look completely out of sorts whenever this happens and you're not at, not every team in the NFL can do this of course but um whenever you get the Rams off their game they really struggle at times and I think the Falcons are they are on the fringe of being one of those teams that can really make you pay in that regard so um maybe just if they had a little bit more talent I think they could get the job done but I think the Rams are inevitable they're going to come away in this game and but it's not going to be it's, it's not going to be an easy out certainly so 
just in terms of NFC West standings, you know, you got the first place Seattle Seahawks. That's a pretty big surprise. But how long do you think the Seahawks can hold on to this divisional lead? Uh, yeah, it's going it's, it's, to be a situation to monitor. Over the next three weeks, they have – obviously, they have San Francisco this week, and that's going to be a, a really good game, I, I, I think. But after that, they have Atlanta, Detroit, and New Orleans in those next three games. So, you know, could, could they go two and one there? Um, and then – but kind of, you know, in the back half of the schedule, it, it gets a lot tougher for them. They, 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 have, they have the Chargers. I think the Cardinals will be tough for them. Um, they, 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 they do have some difficult matchups. Um in the, in, in the back half, but I think that, that they could be in contention there in the first half of the season for sure. And um, I think they looked a lot better than people expected like, than what people expected last week. And I'm um, really surprised some people get, getting that win. So I think they'll be uh, that, I think they'll be that team that doesn't go away. That's for sure. Interesting. Not many people probably expected that heading into this year, but you know, Geno Smith's better been he's been better than advertised. Right. So and the Arizona Cardinals get the Raiders. So Raiders are a team I'm following. I think that's going to be a pretty interesting game. But we saw what happens when the Cardinals played another AFC West team last week in the Chiefs. They looked absolutely unprepared, and they had no shot of winning that game. So I think that might be a common theme we see over the course of the season where these NFC teams are just outmatched against the AFC, who made all these moves to improve their squads over the offseason. And here we are. We're seeing the dividends pay off. And the Rams get the Cardinals in week three. So if you have a 0-2, a winless Cardinals team in that game, maybe they're desperate, and that's going to be a, an a epic showdown coming up for the Rams. So we can't get ahead of ourselves. we got to talk about the Atlanta Falcons and get take care of business here in week two. So just in terms of up, upcoming schedule, I wrote about this week, the Rams' next six opponents, I think their next five games, all winless teams. So definitely a, a chance to right the ship and uh, get things taken care of. And the Rams could be looking at six and one pretty easily. Whenever you talk about in week four, you're hosting the Dallas Cowboys with no Dak. Anything on the slate upcoming, Blaine, that you're keeping an eye out on? You got the they got the 49ers in week four on Monday night too. Yeah, I, I think it just kind of um, shows the importance of this game. Uh, I, I think the, these these next three games are, are are very winnable. Like you said, I think I think six and one is 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 possible, but. I mean, if, if they lose, if they somehow lose this game against the Falcons and, and start off 0 and 2, I think that could put the Rams in a hole that they can't get out of. Um, and I mean, it is, is we'll, we'll we'll see what Trey Lance looks like in non-monsoon conditions this week. Um, but you know, the, the Rams have always kind of struggled against against the 49ers, as 49ers specifically because of that defensive front. And we saw what the Bills were able to do with it with with a dominant defensive front last week. So. Um, and then, like you said, you know, if the Cardinals are 0-2 heading, in, heading into next week, that's that could be a very desperate Cardinals team that throws everything and the kitchen sink at you. Um, so I, 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 th- I think that these upcoming matchups are a little bit tougher than what they what they initially might look at look like right now. Um, again, like I said, you know, if the Rams somehow, you know, don't get going this week and fall to 0-2, it, it could put them in a in a really scary hole. Yeah, not what a lot of people are expecting heading into this year for the Rams. You know, 0-2 would have been uh, off the table for for most fans, I think. So, all right, Blaine, tell us what you're going to be, what you got on the slate after the game in terms of post. I think you do stock up, stock down, right? Is that is that what we're, we should look out for? I you? will have I will have three plays that change the game. So uh, I'll go back and look at um, you know three plays that really kind of change the change the momentum that and really really contributed to. Um, 
to the win or loss last week. Last week was a loss, unfortunately. But um, yeah, just just looking at three plays that that, that really determined determined the outcome that week. Awesome. You've been doing a great job. And as Rams fans, we're lucky to have you putting out high quality content on Turf Show Time. So where can everyone find you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BGreesackDTR. Um, so yeah, follow me there for, for all, all your Rams content. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Blaine, thanks for joining us here in week two. And for the first time on the on Turf Show Times, the podcast, uh, I'll be with you with winners and losers after the game and be back with you maybe on the post-game podcast where we do our initial, our immediate reaction to the game. So looking forward to seeing you all here after the Rams, maybe get a victory over the Atlanta Falcons.